Right, true believers, and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again for Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. This is the podcast that talks animation from the world of comic books. We have three rules here. It's got to be animation, got to come from a comic book, and it's got to be fun. Thank you for joining us for episode seven. We have a very special episode. It's a double-sized episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. As you know, I team up with a guest every week, but this week I have two guests. Twice the fun. I'm going to, without further ado, bring them both on. First, he's the man who does not want to be doxxed, The Ray. Hello. Thank you. That's right. I don't want to be doxxed. I don't want my last name on your podcast. Might as well just drop my address at the same time. Yeah, because it's uh, very, <laughs> so many people are going <laughs> to hear it and really uh, run with it. Since this is going to be the most downloaded of all your podcasts, I'm a little worried. And we're going to bring my other extra special guest. He's a former Chaotic Wrestling New England champion. And finally, the co-host of the For the Pops podcast, that guy, Scotty Slade. Clearly, he brought me on for the social media power. I think I'm the uh, highest followed guest that he's brought on. I hear you need social media to actually be on this show. (laughs) Arguably, uh, that's neither here nor there. Thank you both for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. It's been a while since I've been in a pocket. Last one, I think, was Scotty's For the Pops. Yeah, we brought you on for a conspiracy theory talking at one point, I think it was. Yeah. So it was a reunion of sorts. Now, I mean, it's the Slade Brothers. Slade Brothers. Like I said, this is episode seven. Before we get into this week's topic, there's a question I want to ask. We had your former partner for the Pops, Jamie, on a I couple of episodes say Mark ago. Sherman. <laughs> no, Mark Sherman would never. Well, I think you say, I think you say Brandon Locke. <laughs> no. Bri- Brian Malonis? <laughs> well, maybe they would be on the show, but Jamie, your former co-host from For the Pops, he said that uh, there's no doubt he's the biggest Batman expert that I know. Uh, would either of you take issue with that? When you have unlimited amount of money. I mean, he's definitely the biggest Bruce Wayne fan that I know. That's the- Just because you buy a lot of stuff doesn't mean you're the biggest fan of it. Did he tell you that as he was landing on his uh, from his helicopter out in your front lawn? <laughs> he, he didn't. He or didn't. was he FaceTiming you while washing his hands on the uh, 21 karat gold faucet that he owns in his house? <laughs> well, we were on Skype, so he could be very well have been doing that, those things. That was the best part about record with Jamie. A lot of times he would just Skype you be in Hawaii. So it's just it's always possible with him. But ba- biggest Batman fan? I don't know, Ray. Uh, I'm gonna say no. You're gonna say no. You're not even gonna say it's debatable. You're flat it's out not saying. Even well, is there any way to? Is there any way down the road to potentially put the three of us on? I would love to have all three of you on, and we'll do a Batman episode, and we can discuss this a little bit more in depth. All right. I don't think it'd be fair for Jamie, but I'm willing to do it. I am. <laughs> uh, I he definitely mean, owns the most Batman stuff. You're gonna intimidate him to not come back, Ray. I intimidate a lot of people. 
I'm an intimidating character. <laughs> so this week, very special. Not only is this a double-sized episode, this is the first Double week. stuffed you guys hear those chairs creak? How about you don't creak in them and then we don't have to I'm worry I'm trying about not to. That's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> you fidgety son of a gun. So don't this week, it. for the first time ever, we're going to jump out of the world of DC and Marvel Comics, and we are going to discuss Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which it probably is about time. Everybody, you've had this is the seventh show. So you have six shows on where not a single person got creative enough to leave the Marvel universe or the DC universe. Not even in subseries. I was waiting for like Swamp Thing to come up. I was waiting for like Constantine, maybe. I don't know. Anything good. Well, I mean, we're only six episodes in. Marvel and DC are pretty dominant in the world of That's cool. comic you're, books. You're and leaning on animation. it. I mean, you have Invincible out on Amazon Prime right now. I mean, you could even lean on that. Just a lot of lazy guests. Is yeah. that what you've had? Huh. Well, I do let most of the time the guests pick the topic. So maybe they have. So right. they're not well versed in comic books. They're just uh, comics in general. They're you just... have a lot of creative guests. Yeah. I say. Fake, fake I would fans. like to do an Invincible episode, but I'd like to read the comic. I've only seen the cartoon, so I want something to compare it to that's before fair. I do an episode. That's okay. That's not, yeah, it's not on you. That's on your co host. Why weren't we the first ones on in the first place? It's crazy. I, I don't have an answer for that. But anyway, we're going to talk to you. Okay. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You guys picked this, so why don't you give us a little background on why you picked this? I mean, you want to go first? I mean, I can go first. When it was maybe about five years ago, I had heard some big things about how the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics were a little bit more graphic than the cartoony stuff that you kind of see nowadays. I decided to check it out. I re-fell in love with the Turtles. And anybody that's listening, if you have not read the original series... Way back from the uh, late 80s, I believe it is. 1984, the first issue of the Turtles comic came out. Then I would absolutely recommend checking it out. As a kid, I loved the Ninja Turtles. Loved them. Who's your favorite turtle? My favorite turtle growing up was Michelangelo. Oh but as I got older, my favorite turtle was Leonardo. Leonardo was a much better turtle. He's the best turtle, honestly. Loser. Huh? No, Raphael's the best turtle. Not a chance. Leonardo is the most badass of all those turtles. They just make him seem like got, a... No. Uh, like a p-word because i can't swear and they can seem like a p-word in the cartoons if you've seen them in the pansy movie, pansy if you watch the turtles movie tmnt it's called the actual the the animated one that came out in like 2003 uh leonardo and Raphael have a fight scene that is awesome 2003 also had a great season of turtles that i watched <laughs> <laughs> all right so before we get into the particular episode as you know, if you listen to this, I like to give credit where credit is due and get into a little background. Thank you. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, created by Mirage Studio with Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Mm-hmm. Laird and, and Eastman, both from... But, yeah, Dover, New Hampshire, well, local boys. Well, they're not boys. from Dover. My old boss, actually, a few years younger than Eastman, had a birthday party that Eastman had, sent the text to verify it, gave away the comics that he had helped write, and so my buddy has the number three, and he ended up, you know, throwing it away. So Laird and Eastman are both from... Uh, one is from Maine and one is from Mass. But I think Laird was a did something in the newspaper in Dover. That's how him and Eastman hooked up. And then they took out a loan. They got their tax returns, and then they took out a loan from Eastman's uncle to actually uh, be able to get the first comic in print, and that's how it started. But it was originally created in Dover, New Hampshire. So uh, they had comics for a few years that had some popularity not a lot i bought them but i don't know if because i'm from new england they were more accessible here than the rest of the country or not playmate was the toy company that wanted to do products based on them another but, one of those first companies that had toys before the cartoon like he-man well they so they, they had a comic they had figures and then they had the cartoon. right the listeners 
they're not ready for the knowledge you're dropping right now. You're I'm sorry. over. You are overwhelming. I'm them. stimulating. This they, is even a little more detail. I'm just correcting the host. The host. They, you're not correct. Hey, right now they're pausing. They're googling. They're eBaying right now. All they're right, like, is right, this correct. guy for real? I didn't say. I didn't say. You're correcting. Well, you said that there was uh, the figurines. Yeah. Ray, Ray, what readily available information. Playmate had wanted to develop the toy line. Okay. Okay. But there was concern that they wouldn't sell, so they wanted a television deal to be set in stone before they made the toys. Okay. So the toys, yes, probably did come out first, but they had to have the TV deal because they didn't feel that the toys would sell without a cartoon for kids to watch. We'll fact check. It'll be in the uh, tweet that promotes the show. You Find out who's always, right. Uh, look into this. Uh, just because I say it doesn't mean I'm an expert or I'm correct. So uh, it was... Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this Murakami Wolf Swanson Productions that uh, created the cartoon. And it was developed by uh, David Weiss and uh, Peter Habith, I think is how you say that. We're going to get into the voice cast a little bit. But an interesting fact is uh, at the beginning, they recorded the episodes together, which wasn't always common in animation. A lot of times people recorded their individual parts, but they all recorded them as a group, which they said that helped build camaraderie and for a lot of ad-libbing, which I don't know how you could ad-lib a cartoon because it all has to be animated. The violence was a major concern because they were ninjas. And if you read the comic books, the comics were very violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, as a, one of the few people that, well, I shouldn't say few, one of the people that read comics before the cartoon had a hard time adjusting to the toned down nature of the, of the so cartoon. Well, that's what happens when you try to watch cartoons at 20. And if you... <laughs> I hate you. Why did I invite you on this show? <laughs> and if you remember, the first Turtles movie had Leonardo. They all had their 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 regular weapons. In the second movie, though, they took Leonardo's katanas away from him and just gave him sticks. So they they took away the blades from the turtles. I have not gone back to watch the turtles. Turtles two is one of the worst movies. Bad it is. It's so bad. But in when I was a child, it was one of the greatest movies. But if you've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles since you were a kid, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The first one holds up. First one is is a good movie still. And like Raphael's particularly was very hot headed and violent in the comics, and they toned him down. That was one of the concerns. Plus he had those uh, size, which to me are pretty deadly weapons. But I suppose all their weapons were. Pretty Leonardo deadly. had giant swords. Yeah. And Donatello did machines, so. He did, not until. That was a change they made. Donatello was not the tech whiz that he was on the cartoon in the comics as well. And don't forget, they changed and had to give them individualism by adding color mm-hmm. yep. to their masks. Because yep. they were all red originally. That was an invention of the, uh, of the cartoon, them having the individual colored mask. Which is obviously very smart. Very smart. I found this interesting while researching. Um, in England. They changed it to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Could not say Ninja for some reason. I don't know if there was a violent... In England? Yes, in England back in the... It might have changed since then, but back when this was originally aired. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's weird. They're called fries, chips. It's a weird place. Maybe because they like throwing out O's. Heroes. And heroes. Have you seen the heroes? Ninja Turtles. Ah, they're good heroes. You got the Ninja Turtles, They're good fighters. In England, they changed some of the slang where they eliminated the use... Of the word bummer. Bummer. Because in, apparently in British slang, that means, you guessed it, anal sex. <laughs> that makes wow. a lot of sense. Wow, wait, wait a minute. He, he pulled a Bradley. Guys, before you come on my show, nothing, uh, watch your language and uh, talk about any nothing, sex. nothing sexual. I can't swear. <laughs> in you England, talk about bummer. bummer. <laughs> 
It's anal sex. Well, I couldn't leave that out when I came across that. I mean, that was just too interesting to not put on the show. <laughs> Watch your mouths on my show. Now, and the this. theme song was created by one Chuck Lorre, oh. who created hey. the Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. The show. The, 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 show. the themes, Yeah, he created the shows, and he created the theme song to the show. To Big Bang Theory? No, he created the music. Okay. The theme song. I don't know how clear I can be on this. The theme song from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh-huh. was created by Chuck Lorre, yep. who also created the shows, The Big Bang Theory, and Two and a Half Men. But not the jingle at the beginning of the shows. Enough. Have you, yeah, before yeah, you two become. Have you ever heard of the Bare Naked Ladies? <laughs> I did. He's the one that wrote this, the, oh the, the song. God damn. <laughs> All right. Bummer. 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 What a bummer this is. <laughs> so we're going back through the multiverse. To October 18th, 1989, Season 3, Episode 18. Cowabunga. Cowabunga Shredhead. Great episode. Long time ago, I watched the entire series. I was too young to really remember. How old are you, Tarzan? <laughs> All right. You and I are going to continue the podcast without Scotty. Ray, you picked this episode. I did, yeah. So what was it about this one that made you, of all the episodes, to pick? Uh, as a child, I remember the biggest thing that stood out to me was seeing Shredder's face. Say spoilers for all our audience. Spoilers. You see Shredder's <laughs> face. Well, we're about to watch it. It's a 25-year-old cartoon. Spoilers. Maybe some of our audience haven't read it. Spoilers. All right. We're going to get into some details. Directed by uh, Bill Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, was he the creator of Law and Order? I do not know. That was Bill Wolf. That's his brother Dick. Okay. It could be. Now, this was uh, written by a Steve Roberts and a Dwayne Capizzi, I believe is how you say that. Capiccio. Capiccio. No, I don't think so. There's no no way. Now, he was also a writer for many of the DC cartoons, the Men in Black cartoon. Is it Men in Black cartoon? Yeah, there's a Men in Black cartoon. Yes, there was. He also worked on the... uh, Alf animated series as well. Excellent. He's also the current showrunner for Carmen Sandiego. Apparently, there's a current. There's a current Carmen Sandiego. Apparently, there's a current. Yeah. Do you remember the show on PBS, the Carmen Sandiego where on PBS, the where the kids would run around Carmen at the end San and put uh, uh, little cones on the maps? Ah, oh, freaking yeah, out. So yeah. I was unaware, but apparently, there is a current Carmen Sandiego cartoon. Yeah. Now, some oh. of the voice acting: Leonardo and Rocksteady are both voiced by a Cam Clark. Who uh, he's a voice actor. Most of these guys you're gonna find were voice actors who worked on many many cartoons. That was really a thing in the 70s and 90s. If you worked on one cartoon, you tend to work on them all. Probably a small pool of people to choose from. Yeah, Michelangelo and Krang are voiced by Townsend Coleman, who uh, I believe was the voice in the Tick on the Tick cartoon. Okay. He was also on the Where's Waldo cartoon, Batman Beyond, and several others. Bring me back on for the Tick episode. Raphael was voiced by a Rob Paulson, who's most famous for being Pinky on Animaniacs. Narf! <laughs> Narf! Narf! Now, Donatello and... Corey uh, Feldman. We know. Come on. <laughs> no, it's not. The Corey co- Feldman. <laughs> he also was the voice of Bebop, was Barry Gordon, who had done a lot of voice acting, but has also appeared in many, many live-action things. He was in Body Slam the movie. He played one uh, Sheldon uh, Brockmeister. He was also on the Incredible Hulk television show, oh. Three's Company. Okay. And he's the rabbi on Curb Your Enthusiasm. All right. You know, the one whose friend died on 9-11, but yeah. uh, uh, he was a bike messenger. Splinter. <laughs> Very out of context if nobody's watched Curb. <laughs> <laughs> no. Peter Rene, Rene Day was the voice of Splinter. 
And his biggest claim to fame is at Walt Disney World. He's the voice of President Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents. Whoa. As well as Henry on the Country Bear Jamboree. Okay. okay. Well, is the Country Bear Jamboree still around? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. I believe it's at Disney World and Disneyland still. All right. April O'Neil, uh, Renee Jacobs. Smoke show. Busty. April O'Neil or Renee Jacobs? April O'Neil. Oh, okay. She was, uh, did voices for My Little Pony and the Punky Brewster cartoon, which was called It's Punky Brewster. Do you think they had the episode where Sherry gets trapped in the refrigerator in the Punky Brewster? Why is it the only one I remember? I think that's the only one anybody remembers. That one's like so traumatic. Never stepped in a refrigerator since that episode. (laughs) I never stepped in a refrigerator before that episode. It was a good hiding spot. It was hide and seek. Yeah, that's right. It was a good hiding spot. And then she almost died. (laughs) She almost was the hide and seek forever champion. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, (laughs) the Shredder. Voiced by one James Avery, who everybody knows as Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, of course. I don't know if this is just an amazing coincidence, but last week his name was brought up as well because he also voiced War Machine on the Iron Man cartoon. Oh. Well, going back to a, a small pool in Hollywood for voice acting. There was... You know who we're hashtagging for this tweet? James Avery. <laughs> 70s through 90s, even till today, a lot of the same voice actors you'll see over and over again. Phil Lamar is one that you see... And a lot of different yeah, right, things. John DiMaggio, I believe his name is. DiMaggio. Voice. Yeah, he's yeah. a bender. And, uh, Played for the Yankees. Yes. <laughs> now, shouldn't Shredder be voiced by a person of his descent? Um, well, at the time, that was not necessary like it is okay. today. All right. Because I know um, today it is. Today it would absolutely be. You can't do have, it. Yeah, James Avery could, could not, not do that. Would not be able to voice Shredder in absolutely 2021. Not. I agree. So, without further ado... Oh, here we go. We're going to take a little break while the three of us sit down and watch. Exciting. I've already, seen, I've already seen the episode, though. Well, we're going to watch it again together. Oh, my gosh. Scotty. We're going to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowabunga Shredhead. Stay with us. We'll be back in two and two. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will return after these messages. We got you now, Shredhead! The turtles have Shredder pinned down and are rolling their pizza thrower into position! I'll blast you with retromutagen! But before he can act, the pizza thrower's adjustable aim and motorized firing action give Shredder and his henchmen their jot desserts! You clogged my gun with anchovies! The turtles and their portable pizza thrower triumph again! Why are we so happy? We just lost our watch! From Playmates! Turtles, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. Yeah, all the good ones, and you know. <laughs> Real problems. They're back in an awesome new movie. Didn't we see these guys on WrestleMania? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Rated PG, now playing at a theater near you. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... We now return to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
And we're back. And hope you watched it with us during the break. We just watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hellabunga Shredhead. If you are going to look for it, you're going to have to look on Daily Motion, not YouTube. That was not the episode I watched before today. <laughs> By the way, I you watched the wrong episode. Scotty did watch the wrong. I watched episode. the wrong. I just like I was so for those listening, I got really excited to be prepared, and I didn't want to wait to sit and watch it with Tarzan, so I watched it beforehand, and I watched season one, episode eighteen from two thousand three. Two thousand three. That was way off. The problem is in that same episode, you see Shredder's face. Really? So the spoiler actually hurt you <laughs> it, and caused it, you to write, watch the wrong episode. And it gets better because that episode was amazing because it was a 30-minute long fight. And I was like, this is a great episode. The 2003 cartoon was very good. I apologize. But, man, I just got my double dose of turtles. So a lot of turtle s- power. So what you're saying is uh, Ray's spoiler caused you to watch the wrong episode. Probably caused a lot of our listeners to watch the wrong episode They're gonna as well. They're going to type it in. They're just going to go, I don't know if this is it. Oh, there's Shredder's face. I said spoiler. Well, obviously, we begin the show with the intro with the uh, song that we had a great debate about before uh, the break. They did have the correct song, not the Big Bang Theory's theme song, but no, the actual. The guy from uh, Bare Naked Ladies did not sing this one. We open with the Shredder, not the Shredder, Splinter. Splinter. Eating sushi. And then. <laughs> yep. He was. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. so, what a humdinger. I have a bad habit of leaving pauses because I think people are going to say anything, but I'm not actually asking questions. He was eating sushi. They're all anxious because they're waiting for their pizza to get heated in the oven, and they wonder what's taking so long. And then they find out when they go to check on it, it's gone. It's empty. What happened? They discover. One guess. Michelangelo is in the cupboards. Of course. Eating the pizza. Michelangelo. Again, too. They say it again because this is not the first time this has happened. (laughs) And Splinter says, you were warned. Apparently, this has been a persistent problem. So he's going to use the ancient technique of Kung Pao. He's going to use Kung Pao. To fix this problem. Now, is this the first time that Splinter has shown off this level of (laughs) Jedi mind trick? I've never seen anything like it. That was my biggest problem going into this episode. That level of Jedi mind trick. Uh, just give me one second. Uh, for years, for years, they're battling all these bad guys, and all it takes is uh, Splinter to say a name. Yep, that's it. Boop. Well, he did say it was an ancient form of mind control. So I wish this would have came in handy years ago. Now, I don't remember much. Two of the, seasons before. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the. <laughs> My other family episodes. died. I wish there was something I could do to save them. Well, maybe other episodes <laughs> came. Uh, this came after up. he learned it. Well, I mean, they never said when he learned it. It's ancient, so he could have learned it before right. he ever met the turtles. Would have. Yeah. Go ahead. It's probably not true. I think he made it up on the spot. He was uh, well, a bullshit rat. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. How could he? It did make? work. It worked. And he says that after this, Michelangelo will crave pizza no, no more. more. And he did. Remember that because it gets brought up an awful lot during this uh, episode. <laughs> they didn't wait very long to tie that to that immediately. And can I say that Michelangelo... They do the surfer acts like way over the surfer acts. It's not even like so pitted. Yeah, it's it's a very comical surfer accent that they give Michelangelo. That was one of my biggest hangups about the cartoon was this pizza thing was just an invention of the of the cartoons and the movies and the surfer thing never was in the comic. I don't know why. Never. Maybe they just wanted to have them because they're teenagers more kid friendly yeah, yeah they are teenagers, teenagers. so skateboarding and surfing and things all teenagers do oh. in the 80s yeah nerd so then we cut over to krang who's hanging out with shredder which really bothered me by the way 
Why is that? I, so I don't know why I forget about season three or even just the, the later later Turtles, but seeing Shredder kind of like bend to him so much. Oh, he always has, right? It was just it was just crazy how much he bent to him. They say when they're done, they're going to use the turtle shells as uh, hubcaps. <laughs> There's a lot of shell references in the cartoon, if you listen. They make shell jokes about two or three times. It, it's timeless. It Bebop and Rocksteady are there as well. Yep. Uh, and they're uh, cleaning. In fact, Bebop, I believe, is wearing an apron. Pink, pink apron. <laughs> the Shredder wants him to clean, and then he comes up with the graphic disc. Such a disc. Such Give you guys an idea. It was uh, it's a floppy. Yeah, it was much bigger than a floppy, though. Three and a half floppy. The way that they were holding it. Well, for you younger listeners, you're gonna have no idea what this technology even is. Yeah, type in floppy D into your Google search. Yep. Floppy D. Take safe image search off because it's so old. You're not gonna be able to find it. And then look that up in images. Floppy D. Uh, I'm gonna recommend you don't do that. Um, <laughs> Enters into C. Don't do that or type bummer British slang. Bummer British slang. Shredder has a uh, holographic synthesizer, which when he turns on, I believe Bebop says it looks like Christmas at the state pen. A-H-H, the holographic synthesizer. And he creates a hologram. Where did he get it from? I He's assume. created this thing. Krang. Krang built it, I assume. He just built it? Yeah. I mean, Krang's like an alien, right. super intelligent life form. Like He built that giant robot that he rides around in. Yeah. That's the loophole tie. He okay. also has what the, is it the pterodome or what is that thing with the giant eye that he rides around? Oh, I forgot about that thing. Go on, because he's about to tie in two key pieces of this episode. Okay. So the hologram Michelangelo shows up, Rocksteady and Bebop, even though they were just explained what's going on, think one of the turtles is infiltrated and starts shooting their lasers at him. No. No. No, they both jump at him and, oh, yeah, and right. bang heads. I apologize. That's you're right. okay. I was thinking of a future scene. I'm spoiling ahead Can of time. We skip ahead. <laughs> So he calls them morons and whatnot, and uh, babies. <laughs> one of them says, "Don't get your razors ruffled." They're not too bright, those Bebop and Rocksteady. They sure aren't. You know what? They were still my f- like. I loved them growing up as a kid. Those two were just. Uh, I don't know why. It's just they were cool looking, and you always wanted them as a character to get out of the the toys. Did you have the toys? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! God, yeah, I had all yeah. the toys. I saw the toys just today at a flea market. Nice. Yeah. Didn't buy any? I did not buy any because they didn't have any of the weapons and they were just like uh, solos and covered in dirt. Yeah. That's too bad. Soot. Now, Shredder says this is going to be a perfect copy of Michelangelo, including his infinite love of pizza. Whoa! And there you have it, folks. We are about five minutes into this episode, and there it is. There's the piece to look for. Hold on a second here. I can't even read my own handwriting. That's okay. At that point, (laughs) what what happens is is they took the disc out. And Shredder wanted to re-enter it. Yes. And for whatever reason, did not stop Bebop and Rocksteady putting it in backwards. Yes, yes they put it in backwards because they're dumb. And they were telling him, though, uh, you're putting it backwards. Who cares? What's the worst did, that could happen? Did, That's the word I couldn't read my own handwriting backwards. So. <laughs> the lasers start shooting out, and they actually shoot the Shredder. Right in the head, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, before we get anything what's going on, they go back to Kung Pao, where, as you put it, quote, the bullshit rat is... Bullshit rat. Making up powers, just like <laughs> Superman has. Just made up powers. And repeating, you will crave pizza no more. And in fact, Michelangelo says, I will crave pizza no more. I will crave pizza no more. Then, out of the blue, who should walk in with pizza? 
But the Shredder... This is a very crazy scene, okay? The Shredder just comes walking into the sewer, and, like, nothing's going on because he thinks he's Michelangelo, and he's talking like Michelangelo. Cowabunga, dudes! And he comes in with pizza. It's it's a really crazy thing, and they don't know what's going on, so they eventually tackle the Shredder and figure out that he, or the rat, the bullshit rat tells them... (laughs) that uh something's going on that we need to take it easy on the shredder even though he's our arch enemy and the guy's caused us nothing but problems we should just take it easy on him because he's come walking in obviously but it's like, isn't concussed. it's mar- martial arts uh respect well not to mention shredder also murdered splinters he killed uh, his sensei look i watched owner, in 2003 whatever. episode uh, 18 <laughs> that uh, there's a lot of honor in martial arts and that clearly applied years back so you said the lingo some of the lingo he said that the turtles stand for the cool forces of good. Mm. He also said Splinter was their totally hip master. And he wants a Mondo helping of pizza. Mondo. They say Mondo a lot in this episode. <laughs> Mondo. It's co- it is very cool to hear Shredder pretend to be Michelangelo. And it was the same intro every time. <laughs> and then, yes. <laughs> What's up, dudes? <laughs> and then Shredder wants to go skateboarding with Michael through the sewers. And for some reason... All the turtles are fine with it, except Michelangelo. Michelangelo is very upset that Splinter is is doing him. Yeah, apparently, pretending to be him. Yeah, apparently, just not having pizza changed him completely. Yeah, the coolest turtle out of them all, the one that's supposed to be the chillest, needs a little bit of uh, a hunger, and he's just an a hole. Yeah, <laughs> playing the role of Raphael today will be Michelangelo. So when Splinter says the name Shredder. Shredder snaps out of it. Doesn't know what's going on, what he's doing there. But with red beams signifying it in Shredder's eyes, by the way, so that the viewer knows what's going on. He tells him he's going to shell them like walnuts. Mm, another shell reference. Not much of a fight got put up, by the way. They subdued Shredder pretty quickly. Yeah, there's four of them, and they're huge turtles. He's just a person. I don't disagree. Once they restrain him, they change him back by saying, Michelangelo. Which is also bizarre because it's a hologram, but for some reason hypnotize him with keywords that Don't look at the plot holes in uh, Uh, in a cartoon. He's Krang built that eye thing. He's an alien. He builds stuff. uh, It's just what happens. It was a malfunction. Things happen. It's kind of my job as host to point out some of the uh, illogical consistencies. So what are they going to do? What did the turtles do? To make sure that he does not go back. The turtles are fighting in the first place. Uh, Splinter says. From now on, refer to him as you know who. <laughs> You're not allowed to say the word shredder. This, whoa, whoa, this, whoa. This is important. This is important. They gotta discover his plans first, so they're gonna play along, just not say you know who. And then Michelangelo <laughs> Se- leaves. Seconds later, a disc falls out of his pocket. <laughs> Michael leaves because he is pissed about Because like, he's pissed. You mentioned about the skateboard yeah. that that Shredder wanted to go on the skateboard with him. He just was not having it. I'm glad when he was pissed, though, he went and grabbed his human mask, which is very creepy. The <laughs> well, creepiest human mask you could ever find we'll in your get life. That in a moment. And like Sky said, yep. During that exchange, Shredder drops the graphic disc. Then we jump to Vinny's, where uh, Michelangelo's going to get some pizza. And yes, he does wear that very bizarre looking. Just- for those that haven't uh, or are not going to watch the episode, it looks like Elmer Fudd. It's yeah, it's an Elmer Fudd bald Caucasian man while wearing a trench coat. If you are picturing somebody flaring it open and just being naked underneath, that's exactly what Michelangelo looks like. They could not get creepier with the face mask. I thought he looked like the the internet troll guy that smiles. You know, um, you know that guy's got the teeth and I don't know what the hell he's called. He's just a troll, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. That's what I thought he looked like. Was there a pizza? 
factory in this pizza place? <laughs> there, there we go. Ray, you like to jump ahead. I know? apologize. I apologize. <laughs> but then Michelangelo realizes... I do not desire pizza. He craves pizza. No No more. more. No more. (laughs) So we jump over to the turtles arriving at Channel 6 News. Oh, April is. April is. Because they have no way to use this floppy disk technology (laughs) any other way. So they have to go to a news station to do it. She almost says, what's Shredder doing here? But they cover up her mouth before she says (laughs) it. And says, make sure you only say you know who. Right. What's with the jumpsuit on April? I've always wondered why she's always wearing that. Is it a that rumper yellow? or is that a jumpsuit? What do, you, what do you call that even? I guess it's a jumpsuit. It does look like a, I guess, I don't, I don't know if it's a one piece though. Well, I mean, it's always like. No, it's a, I think it's a one piece. The I like how she has a little bit zipped down. Yeah. But, by the way, the reason why I was like, oh my God, so much butt steer. This is what April O'Neil looked like in the episode I watched. And it just, oh, okay. I'll the describe more, this. That's the more updated. She has a much midriff covering, shirt on. Midriff shirt, but a much more covering top with baggy pants. Yeah, and she's stacked up top. Not as much as she is in, in the one we watched. We will uh I'll post it on mine. What year was this episode airing? Eight eighty nine. So they're going to uh they go to the news station. They insert the uh hard drive disc into her computer. I'd like to insert a hard drive disc into her computer. Will you stop? Will you stop? It starts making the computer smoke and blow up. Well, that's because it was a uh, wrong format. Wrong format. Yeah, and well, yeah. that and it's a computer not built by Crank. This really kind of mm-hmm. makes uh, the Shredder slash Michelangelo very angry. In fact, he smashes a table. He's so mad about it. He still has anger issues, uh, just because he's Michelangelo slash Shredder. So then we jump back to uh, Vinny's, where there's uh, Michelangelo with his creepy mask looking at the menu, not craving pizza, not craving pizza, but no, Vinny's, just for split seconds though. No more. Vinny suggests he gets one with the works. But then he goes, yeah, and then he's just like... says, I crave pizza no more. No more. I'll just take a soft drink. Just a soft drink. And Vinny says, a soft drink for your soft head. (laughs) (laughs) Vinny saw right through the facade. Right through. And Rocksteady and Bebop, they show up and attack Mike. They, in fact... (laughs) Well, Michelangelo, I should say. You know, first name, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Good old Mikey, you know what I'm saying? What is it? Raphael says Mikey. And now, how did they know he was there? They saw him walking in. That's right. They saw him yes, walking in. They did. Even with they the saw right mask. through the yeah. They saw they right through the outfit. <laughs> they they knew. Which leads me to believe if this was taken out of cartoons, I want to know how bad this disguise really looked. It would be just like a Halloween costume mask. Did the you mouth see the was movies? Moving. But the mouth was moving in the cartoon. He does make a good point. Because all of them, by the way, by the way, I know we skipped ahead. All of them wear these bald white masks. Yes. All of them. When they went to go see April O'Neil, they all walk in. Same looking bald white man in trench coats. Yeah, it's like they're four <laughs> brothers that look identical. <laughs> kind of flash. In the movie, they just wore the trench coat, right? And pulled the hat down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they did like the thing from Fantastic Four. So yeah, good. exactly. The movie's so good. Oh, Ben Grimm? Yeah. So they arrive at Vinny's and he's not there. So they go into the back. Now, this is where this ridiculous, this is ridiculous. pizza making factory with hands is in the with the conveyor belts, hands. <laughs> it really is like the old Looney Tunes where these ridiculous, no pizza place in the world has it's this. It's not for ridiculous. It only gets ridiculous if you tell me two giant turtles are going to be able to be rolled up like a burrito. You're skipping ahead, Scott. Oh, sorry. This is where Shredder, womp, womp. as Ray had mentioned earlier, takes his mask off. Here we go. So he can eat the pizza. Takes his mask off. This is kind of crazy because you see his face. I don't know if you see his face in any other point in any of these cartoons. Fact checking as we speak. And it's just a very 
jarring thing, I think. You yeah. don't ever expect to see it. In the cartoon, his face never showed up, even though it did in the comic and the movie, if I yeah. remember correctly. The movie it did, yeah. But yeah, the cartoon it never Not when happened. Kevin Nash played him. No, that was a super shredder. That was a yeah. super shredder. Super shredder. So that was kind of a big deal, even though it doesn't seem like a big deal in the context right. of the episode. They don't make it a big deal at all, but no, it is. not at all. Now, as a kid, did that, were you like, whoa? Yes, very much so. Very much when I saw Shredder's face. Because you always wonder what it is, and you just... You expected, like, a big scar or something. You should have you know? a scar, because in the movie, Splinter bit him. Oh, yeah, he did. Because when he killed his sensei, Splinter jumped on his cheek and bit him. Like a little bullshit rat he is. So then, Shredder, who's still Michelangelo, says, Oh, there's cheese in the Shredder. And then... And then he snaps out of it. Because he says Shredder. Yeah. Not supposed to say Shredder. That makes him snap out of it. And then he wraps the turtles up in a giant pizza dough. So quick. Covered with cheese. Yep. Pepperoni. And uh, he's going to put them on this uh, conveyor belt. But then... Uh, Don't push it along. Just let it go nice and slow. Yeah, exactly. Shredder leaves after doing that and goes back to where Rocksteady and Bebop are there in the headquarters with captured Michelangelo. And Krang is on the screen yelling at the Shredder. 1989, Krang is on a smartphone, FaceTiming with Shredder. Essentially is what it is. And Scott, you mentioned there was that thing about Krang treating Shredder like he's second banana. Mm-hmm. Which he is because he's... Which I can't Krang remember. is Krang's going to be president. Jumping ahead again. You guys just really can't stay on the now. Okay. I didn't say anything. Because <laughs> the whole reason for this, this synthesizer device is for that. So we head back to Channel 9 where Donatello's there with April O'Neil... And when they put in the uh, hard drive disc, they find out phase two, where there's a hologram of the president. Which appears to be Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it does kind of look. In fact, didn't it say master plan when he put the disc in? Yes. Yes, it is. Just in case there's any confusion. Yeah. And so what was the first Right next plan? to the bummer folder. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, I'm going to create a, a, a version of Michelangelo and then the president? Is that how that worked? Yeah, because I think he was going to use it to infiltrate and kill the turtles so they wouldn't get in his way when they infiltrate the White House and take over the president. Wow. You briefly go back to them on in the giant pizza dough on the conveyor belt heading for a giant oven. Basically like an old trap from an old cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like an even older cartoon than the cartoon we're talking about. And then we go back to the villains and Krang says... My master plan, and I'm going to be president. And then Shredder questions that, and he says, well, you can be the vice president. And Shredder's like, not bad. One heartbeat away from the top guy. <laughs> you know, uh, vice president ain't bad. Ain't bad. Just didn't know when Shredder just became such a side joke. I don't understand it. He's like, literally thinks about it. He's like, eh, all right, not bad. Okay, okay. Vice president. I like it. Shredder isn't as much of a boss in the cartoons. <laughs> It was in 2003. They, uh, <laughs> Shredder's going to go back because they need to get that disc. And now he realizes they don't have the disc that has the hologram of the president. And they go back to the conveyor belt. And Shredder turns it off. He's going to save them so he can get it. And he says, to give me the disc. But he says, Michelangelo. And he turns back. He screwed himself. Yeah. He flipped himself right back into Michelangelo, doing the mondo tubular. And there he says the hip phrase that all the kids say back then, mucho gusto. That was a thing they say a lot. <laughs> you guys, you were saying that all the time. I say that. I <laughs> when I was a kid, I would say mucho gusto all the time. How much older are you than me? I think I'm younger than you. Yeah, no, I'm about five to ten years younger. <laughs> so you weren't alive when this episode came out? I was. 
I was five, so I was not saying mucho gusto at five. Well, you weren't a teenager. If you were That's a teenager, true. you'd be saying it's mucho Tarzan gusto. Tarzan is a middle 20s guy when this episode God. came out. Oh, it could be. I hate your gut. You're never going to be back on the Did show. Did you used to you. say mucho gusto to pick up the ladies? I'm never inviting you back on the show. How about I just you want a drink, you to know that. lady? Maybe mucho gusto <laughs> was something they said in California. Us being on the East Coast, we weren't privy to a lot of the slang on the West Coast, so it was possible, and there was not a lot of internet back then, so maybe they did talk like you, that. You might, you might have a valid point. Could be. So uh, they decide they're going to pull a little trick on the Shredder to figure out his plan to thwart it. Deception. So they put themselves back in the pizza dough to make it look like they're still helpless. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo, who is now, well, it's Shredder as Michelangelo. Gets Follow along, people. Gets yeah. confusing. So they say Shredder, so he snaps out of it. Turn him right back from Michelangelo to Shredder again. Yeah, he wants that disc. So they throw it to these giant pair of robotic hands that are in the pizza. The giant kitchen. hands are used to make the dough. <laughs> Technology, to my my knowledge, doesn't even exist today in 2021. I mean, it probably exists, but definitely not cost effective. Maybe it's on the West Coast in California <laughs> because a lot of we're not really privy on the East Coast to a lot of the technology on the West and Coast. There's two sets, and they're playing keep away with the. <laughs> With, with the disc. Yeah. And they think they're throwing pizza. And Shredder, despite being a master of martial arts, is just all over the place with his disc. He can't, even though the hand is about four feet from it, just tossing it back and forth, he can't make heads and tails of it to figure out how to get this disc back. That is a little bizarre, but he finally does get it back, and they're going to follow him to the hideout, because that's going to be their master plan. They're going to follow yeah. him, they're going to find out, they're going to thwart it. And he gets the hideout it. in the movie, by the way? Very cool. Yes, I agree with that, 100%. And then they put the disc back in, but instead it creates multiple Michelangelo's. They tricked him because Donatello does machines and he was able to hack the disc and figure out a way to make it uh, infinity, infinity, replicate infinity, infinite. infinite this is when I, I referenced earlier, Bebop and Rocksteady start shooting their lasers all yeah, over. Now the place. who's going forward? He went a full 30 minutes. If only they could count, they could keep score. <laughs> they did. They did say that it was like a video game. <laughs> and uh, Fredder finally gets the disc back, gets it out of the machine before they do any more damage. At this point, I have to ask, why does he keep these two buffoons around? They don't seem to do anything right. I mean, he himself is a buffoon, though. He does seem like a buffoon. He he is totally. It feels like a jobber in this. Yeah. And they're also six eight rhinoceros and these giant animals that listen to him for the most part. Well, nice to have around. Well, how about the foot? That was like his whole group of trained The ninjas. Foot Clan goes down so quick. It's like they're the least trained clan. Uh, uh, the least trained fighting clan around. I mean, if you play in the games, they're they're useless. They don't do anything. Yeah, they are like the stormtroopers of, yeah, the, the, of the Turtles universe. But then Shredder cleverly captures the turtle in a giant red force field. Out of nowhere. They can't do anything because they have which, weapons. Which threw me off because I originally, my jaw actually dropped. Oh. Because Raphael threw the sigh at him. Yeah. And he zapped it and it disappeared. Oh, yeah, you're right. It did. So yeah. when it disappeared, I was like, oh, snap. You thought this was thing mess them is, up. It just obliterates items. So then he hit him and I thought they were all dead. But nope. nope. He decided to go from kill to dome. <laughs> bummer. <laughs> Such a bummer. And then he just says. Michelangelo and Shredder turns back once again That's into it. Michelangelo. Now is this so okay, go on. Don't no, no, skip no. ahead. Let the man lead. So my, he Shredder the picture. who is now Michelangelo takes the laser gun and he shoots the computer. And he yells, 
Cowabunga! <laughs> but he says, like, for turtle power or something like that? Yeah, because the turtles tell him to do it. It was kind of weird to me to hear the Shredder yell, Cowabunga. But very cool at the same time. And, again, is that slang anyone uses anymore other than... Cowabunga? Did people ever use it? Well, Bart mm. Simpson and the turtles did all the time. But... Let's find out. Tarzan. Tarzan. Shut up. Shut your face right now. We're going to move on. On the dating scene. Oh, my God. I hate you, Guts. Late 20s. I hate you. <laughs> no one in your podcast doesn't Were you anymore. popping yes. open the hang loose sign? Your partner probably fired you because he hates your guts. <laughs> Going cow. Don't get mad because my co host is younger than you. All right. I'm going to call BS on that one. But... I am younger. Oh, this co host. I thought you meant Jamie. All right, Rocksteady and Bebop jump on the Shredder yep. to stop this from happening. Because they think he's Michelangelo under yeah. a mask. A mask. <laughs> they think he's turned into Michael. No, they think he's a turtle under a mask, not Michelangelo specifically. So they uh, tackle him, and they go to escape because everything's the thing's blowing up. The place is going crazy. They jump in that big drill machine thing. Looks like the Underminers uh, vehicle from Incredibles. Yeah. But they take Shredder with them. He might come in. Having a turtle might come in handy, they said. And they get the heck out of town. This is it. They've solved the day. I, I wonder, though, they don't really solve the problem. So from this point forward, is he going to continue to switch back from Michelangelo? Yeah, that's my question. Is, is he, can you just, at any point, you can say Michelangelo and he turns into... Maybe we'll see that down the road. So they jump back to the uh, their headquarters. And Raphael comes in with a big stack of pizza boxes. And you guessed it. Michelangelo craves pizza no more. Still. Still can't eat it. Makes him sick. Just like an old man. Splinter goes, I totally forgot. Right. I totally forgot. I messed with your brain. This whole thing we've been messing with people's brains, I totally forgot. I altered your thoughts and could not remember to change them back. I'm sorry. So then he creates the ancient Kung Pao. Kung Pao. And turns him back. Which all he's really doing is touching their shoulder and saying, you crave this no more, and that's it. What does he change it to? He says, now you... You crave pizza once more. Once again. Once again. It? Yes. You crave pizza, once again, puts his hand on him, there's like this blue energy, and... Yeah. Just it. Boom. He snaps out of it. He says, I'll take two. No, maybe four, six. Maybe I'll take eight. And then we end with a laugh track of him just eating pizza, and everybody's laughing at him, all that Michelangelo. Back to normal. While Shredder's someplace as Michelangelo. It, you know what? I'm not going to lie. When the episode first started, I thought that the hologram was going to try to trick the turtles and they were going to find out it's fake because he wants pizza. In my head, it's like, that's clearly the connector because they know Michelangelo wanted pizza. Instead, it's the terrible subplot to why Splinter radically remembers he can just influence everybody's thoughts. I think that's really forgotten about in the episode that Splinter now can alter thoughts yeah, very yeah. easily. Yeah, and they never really cured, like we said, the Shredder up. Right, he's this. just forever I Michelangelo. Cause I want to see that interrogation with Krang. Because they didn't send him back. They have to say Shredder, but I'm sure once they got him back there, they were like, Shredder, what's wrong with you? And then... Yeah, but then you're one of the... Where's the disc about Michelangelo? Tubular! Kewabunga! <laughs> yeah, the premise that he'll never say Michelangelo, and nobody around him will ever say Michelangelo. Yeah. It's a good episode. They fit a lot into 22 Minutes. I do find doing this show, a lot of these episodes, not just Turtles, but cartoons in general, they seem to jam a, a lot of these jam a lot of really stuff into good a short it. period of time. Yeah. That's a lot going on in 22 minutes. So there you have it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowabunga, Shredhead. I was kind of upset, though, they didn't ever call him Shredhead throughout the episode. Season they three, do, episode I thought they 18. do at the, at the end when mm-hmm. they're about to fight him. 
Did they call him Shredhead? I think so. We'll have to go back and look, but I'm almost positive. Let's just rewatch it again. You could be right. Sky's already watched it twice. And no. Just, no. The one I watched was awesome. So we're jumping to the spectrometer every week. We get a review. Scotty, we're going to start with you. On a rank of zero to four, zero being absolute poo and four being you can't get any better. How many spectros are you going to give? Teenage so, Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowabunga, Shredhead. So if you're looking for something unique, if you're looking for something that's going to give you some giggles... This is, this is a pretty solid episode, but I'm pulling it all together, and from across the board, I'm only going to give it one and three quarters stars. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ray, you're looking like you don't... Uh... One and three quarters stars. Yep, one and three quarters stars. Can you tell me another Turtles episode <laughs> from 1989 that you thought was better? <laughs> from 1989? No, I can't. Okay. So you have no comparison. I but have you one just, from 2003 just, I can just, compare. So you just don't like the Turtles, then? I just didn't like this particular episode. You just didn't like this particular episode. What episode do you have to compare it to? Yeah, <laughs> this standalone. What, so what, you just didn't like this episode. I guess what did what you, was bad about yeah, the episode? What, what didn't you like about it? I guess is a question. Since Ray's really taking issue with, yeah, the, I'm with your really ranking. taking issue with this. <laughs> I, uh, between the fact that there was really no awesome fight scenes, Shredder really couldn't hold his own very long. When was there fight scenes in the 1989 Turtles I'm in the first to, place? I'll have to it go wasn't back and a fight watch scene the whole, movie. The whole show. I'll watch the whole series. I'll let you know. All right, Ray, we're going to go over to you on the spectrometer. Zero to four. What are you going to give this episode? 3.7. 3.7? Pretty high. What stops it from being perfect? Uh, I guess the fact that there was a lot of loose ends. You know, the thing with the Shredder being Michelangelo forever. The thing where Krang just kind of made this machine and this is hair. Just a lot of loose ends. But other than that, I'm telling you, the fact that we could see his face was a big deal. The fact that we found out Splinter had these magical powers that we never knew about was a big deal. Uh, and the funny little white man weird Elmer Fudd mask that the turtles had to wear around was also very cool. Splinter having that power. It reminded me of the James Bond movie Die Another Day where you found out out of the blue James Bond had this Jedi mind trick where he could stop his own heart and fool all of M6 so it looked like he's dead so he could just escape the hospital. Like it just seemed out of nowhere. Splinter suddenly having these. But all these guys who train in the uh, ancient arts always seem to have these bizarre powers that just come up out of nowhere. It's literally just like Superman. Superman has a power. Like he's just all of a sudden he can do it. If something comes up, he can just do it. There's like an episode of Brave and the Bold where Batman gets buried alive and suddenly he has this old Tibetan mind trick where he can astral project. That makes sense, though, because he does a lot of training. <laughs> does it? Yeah, he's trained for a long time and he ups his training. So I believe that Le- one. League of Assassins. Yeah. Yeah, these powers. That makes sense. All three examples I've used. Well, they two. never seem to use them except when it conveniently comes up in the plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. on that note, yep. I'm going to give the episode two and a half spectros. Two and a half. Oh, that's actually closer to mine than yours. I enjoyed enough, it. Oddly enough, closer to mine than to yours. But it was higher than yours. It was higher. I enjoyed it, but I thought the plot was kind of stupid, even for a cartoon. And it really didn't highlight much of what the turtles could do, I guess. is uh, the They didn't do a lot of fighting. Uh, I know you have a take issue with that when Scotty brought it up, but... They didn't really do a lot. The turtles themselves didn't do a lot. It was all about Mike. They never did in those cartoons, though. There wasn't fighting in those cartoons. It was all about Shredder just switching back and forth, which sounds like someone came with a great idea. Hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if we had James Avery uh, say uh, mucho gusto? And, and it was. <laughs> yeah, it was great. From, it was a, hilarious. from a feel good, like you just want to feel good, great cartoon. Yeah, it's a great, great episode. I'd actually rank it really high. One and three quarters is ranking really high? No, 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 no. I just put it with, with everything. I, I thought the concept of this show was comics to cartoons, and just so when I think of Turtles, I think of ninja fighting. That's all. 
Makes a good point. That's Ray. that's what I thought the show was about. I'm sorry. If the ranking system is just in the episode, then I, I'd give it higher. But I'm pulling. I didn't know you never watched Turtles before. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Every week, I also ask this. Ray, we're going to start with you. If a child in 2021 came across Teenage Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Shredder, Cowabunga Shredder, Shredderhead. would they enjoy it? No. No, I don't think a kid would enjoy it because the same reason Scotty didn't enjoy it. There wasn't enough fighting and moving and colors and action for them to get really invested into it. I mean, being the youngest on this podcast, I, I can agree. Would you uh, agree with that? How old's a kid? However you want to analyze it. If you can, you can go a teenager, you can go a, a child. Anyone who's uh, still would have been better if we child. had the the kids here watch it and then look at them and ask. But uh, I think they'd get mild amusement out of it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think a young child would probably, you know, because turtles look, you know, they're. What is the word? Amorphic? Is that the word? Amorphic? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Uh, yeah, so I think that would kind of get their interest. Um, they would be very confused, I think, by the, the lingo. Because yeah, they, they wouldn't know that the turtles actually knew how to fight, so it'd be fine. They'd be able to watch it, and they'd be like, this is such a great comedy. Just like a child would. <laughs> well, all right. All right. There you have it, folks. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cowabunga, Shredhead. Uh, I'm going to thank my guest... Tarzan, who's your favorite turtle? You didn't answer before we go. Yeah. Did you guys say who your favorite turtle is? Yep. Yep. You weren't listening. Scotty, what's your favorite turtle? Raphael. His is Leonardo. Yours is? Well, in the, in the comic, I liked Raphael the best. There you go. Was okay. no, but was, I'm a cool guy. I like Raphael because he's cartoon, cool. On the cartoon, I tended to lean towards Donatello. I, I really got a kick out of his whole- uh, He did machines. Yeah, him doing the machines and being the computer whiz and them just inventing things that he could do because- So, on the cartoon, Donatello was actually my- uh, my favorite character. What did you like about Raphael? He was just a tough guy. <laughs> he was kind of a badass. He was more of a, a jerk than, <laughs> than really a badass. Well, if you so, haven't been listening, this guy's been a jerk the whole episode. So. <laughs> Before we uh, wrap things up, Scotty, anything uh, you want to plug for the people out there? Anything I want to what? Plug. Plug? It's the end of the pandemic, um, so nothing to plug. When life resumes, hopefully we get to come back on here. Maybe we'll invite Tarzan out to a wrestling show so he can start to get back into the groove. Uh, I might go to a wrestling show. I wouldn't say I'd get back into the Tell groove. Tell all the guys in the back to go get some advice uh, from uh, the old booker, Tarzan Taylor. Uh, I want to thank both of you for being here. Thank you. Ray, I hope you will uh, come back. That's, Anytime, Tarzan. It's probably the last time Scotty's ever invited Can we me. review Matlock next time I come here? <laughs> It has to be a comic book story. Well, I think I made that very clear. <laughs> I would like uh, all you listeners to uh, give us your two cents. You can go to my Twitter. You can find me at Matt Spectro. You can go to my Facebook. I uh, want to hear your comments. Did you like it better than we did? Uh, did you dislike it more? Is there anything you'd like us to review? Should we have done a better Turtles episode? Please give us your thoughts. Please like my Facebook page. Follow me. Have someone else rate it, too. Have them rate it. Yeah, right. See if uh, – because this is one of the few episodes that we've had such a discrepancy in the rating, so – Is you, is it your face as the spectrometer? Like, is it like <laughs> – like, is it a little mini – Four Tarzan yeah. spectros. Well, there's not officially a spectrometer, but that's actually not a bad idea if I ever put it in <laughs> Like you, you coming out in that Giants, <laughs> Giants jersey, that is the star. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. And <laughs> if you could subscribe to my channel, I would like that. If you could uh, share – you know, get the word out. Smash to... that like button. Yep. Smash that subscribe button. Give me a five-star rating if possible. I really appreciate it. Scotty Ray, any final thoughts on this particular episode? Tarzan was 15 when this episode came out. Uh, I think it's really cool. 
that the Ninja Turtles are multi-generational and that yeah, I think you know what and that kids today will not they might not like the cartoon that we watch but there's new turtles shows and, and stuff that they are into and the kids today are still into so it's multi-generational and I think that's awesome yeah that that's a piggyback on that that's really a big point you know look at all these years that have gone by and you know, it's not a major market cornerstone like Marvel and DC, and it survived the test of time. Something that, like he said, they took their tax returns, took out a loan. It's a dreamer of a guy from Dover. It's a great, great story. And An American dream, if you will. It is the American dream. So that, that's actually a really good taking home. Thank all you. right. In all seriousness, I want to thank both my guests. Hopefully, they'll come back someday. Maybe Scotty will be in a better mood and not be so mean. I'm not mean. Ray has been very constructive, and uh, we appreciated his input. Thank you. All right. <laughs> you guys are such a bummer. And on that note, <laughs> thank you and join us again next week for another episode of Met Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior.